Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, Some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge when you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees look at assaultlimited.com also sponsoring today's podcast is urban savage urbnsvg.com the best quality apparel available american made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. Knowledge. Well, well, well. We are back with another episode. Ba na 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 na. What uh what has been what has been going on in, in your world, sir? I don't know. I want you to talk about your uh my Bible study. Your Bible study first. My Bible study? Oh. So this is really interesting. I'm sure some of our listeners that, you know, message me are going to find this. one. A, a lot of these people probably know a lot of this stuff, but a lot of this is new information to me. So we are going through the process of a Bible study to join a local Lutheran church because that's where my daughter is going to school. And Why? we want to. Did you not know that? No, I'm not. Oh, I'm yeah, just yeah. I'm being yep. the, oh. the Paul on oh, this side. You're, you're, you're so asking the question. Why are you going to that school? So, well, if you don't know, I guess I don't think we've even talked about it, but our school system in our local area has gotten pretty, I don't want to say laxed, but laxed is kind of the right word. Um, Whereas when we grew up, right, there was like one or two troublemakers per per grade. 
And if they were in your class, the teachers kind of kept them in check. You know, they were pain in the butt, but they weren't really a, a distraction, you know. Well, now it seems like there's like two to three per class, every single class. And the teachers have zero. I don't know if they, they don't want to keep them in check or if they're not able to. Maybe their hands are tied behind their back with what they're able to do with these kids, you know, because there is a there's a large population in our area of people that really don't have any, you know, kids that don't have any parental um, involvement. So it, what are you supposed to do? You know, so like, for example, my wife was doing a uh, what do they call it? A, a volunteer day. And this has been a few years ago now, but um, there was one young boy who just he just this was he had no idea how to behave. He would he would jump up on tables and he would, you know, be yelling and doing all this ridiculous stuff like in the middle of class. And she was volunteering and she tried, Okay, you know, come on, Brandon, I need you to need you to try to come down and listen. You know, I need you to your whatever, like whatever she did. But it was it was really like. My wife's really gentle parent, like she doesn't yell. She doesn't like there's no way that she like scolded this kid. It's she just doesn't. It's not her. It's not in her DNA. And so after when the kids went out for recess, she got a talking to from the teacher. Like as long as he isn't directly affecting any other kids, we let him do what he wants, because this is this is kind of his first his first involvement in a school you know, classroom. And we want to try to, you know, we want him to feel included and we don't want to single him out. She's like, well, if you don't teach him how to act, how is he ever going to know how to act? You yeah. know? And, and so that's just like that, you know, that's one anecdotal story, but that's kind of where our school district has gone. It's, it's a wreck. You know, this, there's fights every single day at the middle school. One kid was so afraid that he was going to get jumped that he broke a glass trophy case in the middle of the cafeteria in the middle school to get teachers attention because he was getting surrounded by kids. Well, so smart kid. Yeah. Right. Like really smart. Um, so we were kind of, we were really debating on, on what, what we wanted to do with her, with her schooling. And so we were thinking about open enrolling in a different district. We're thinking about moving. And then we, we thought about private school. And there's two really, really good private schools in our area, but they are outlandish, like 20 grand a year. Yeah. Like, like I, it's just, it's just not in the cards. Like I just, I, if I really like, if there was no way to, to do anything else, we could make it work, but man, it would be, it would be a <laughs> hell of a stretch. Um, and we have, we have two friends that's kids left this, our school district a few years ago. And went over to this Lutheran school. And uh, so they kind of talked to us about it multiple times. And we went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And we finally decided to just go for it. And so we enrolled her there. And excuse me, she's loving it. Absolutely loving it. And we're talking, you know, her graduating class would be like 900 kids in public school. And there's one class in each grade in this school, and it's like 21 kids. Yeah, the old traditional uh, school structure. Yeah, and very traditional. You know, like she's never taken. A, she's they've never done spelling classes, like in in public school. They've never learned to spell. Yeah, you know, I'm, and I'm sure it has something to do with right, like everything spell check. But um, like she has spelling class, spelling tests now, like real spelling tests. Yeah. And 
So very, very classic, you know, classic math, classic spelling, classic English. Um, so, so it's good. And then with the Lutheran part, right? Like I'm sure a lot of, a lot of you guys know, but there's all different forms of Christianity and the denominations, denominations. Thank you. And the Lutheran form is basically, there is no interpretation of the Bible. Exactly what it says in the Bible is what we're, 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 you know, following God's word only. We're not adding or subtracting or interpreting or anything else. And that's, that's what the Lutheran denomination is. So I guess out of any of them, that's the one I felt the most comfortable with. (laughs) It's good for you. It is learning, right? It is. And so, (laughs) so to join the church, we have a weekly hour and a half or two hour Bible introduction, Bible study class that we go to. And then we have homework. And we have a workbook. Damn, you got a little workbook. And we too. got a Bible, and we got a Luther's Catechism book, which is like the short version of of the Bible. Um, kind of his little steps that he wanted to make like a small print of everything. And so this this first class that we had was really just introduction to the Bible, basically. And I know we talked about um, what Martin Luther did when we talked yeah. about in one of our religion podcasts. But just as kind of a quick um, update, the original Bible, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. Um, if you think about thousands of years ago, the the there weren't very many of the books. It's not like everybody had a book it, and and barely anybody knew how to read those books. And so the church had its own ideas that they would kind of put forth. And especially the Roman Catholic church, it was like, you were not accepted into heaven. You were buying your way to heaven. And, and the Pope kind of was, was extremely powerful at this point and had his own basically secret service and had his own army. And, yeah. and it was, you were working and spending your money and buying your forgiveness. And um, Martin Luther was a monk who was tasked to teach the gospels in college at some small school in Germany. And he basically started to dig into what the actual word was because he learned to speak or learned to to read Hebrew and learn to read Greek so that he could actually read the original word. And he started to figure out like, Oh, this is not what they're teaching. And so what he wanted to do is he actually uh, translated the entire Bible into the common tongue and made this small pamphlet to kind of tell everybody what was really in the Bible. And back then the, the town that he was in was actually named after this gentleman who invented the printing press. And so it was the first printing press ever. Yeah. So he just happened to be like kind of right place, right time and reprinted his little mini version of of God's word and p- printed a bunch of like posters where kids could parents could teach their kids what they were learning. Well, this is all good, except for like this hit the pope in his pocketbook, right? Like the Roman Catholic Church, their their money that they had coming in just got cut like in half. Yeah. So they wanted to kill him. They had, they had a price on his head. They were just, they were just going to off him, you know, get rid of the problem. But luckily the local, uh, 
prince, I believe he had a he had him under his wing, so he was protected in the local area. And this is kind of his political connections were the only reason that he didn't just get assassinated. And so, like that's really this was the initial um, introduction into what what the Bible is. And there was a lot of the the woo woo stuff that y'all y'all Christians really like. <laughs> well, the I mean, the Catholics did add quite a bit to the original Bible, so it became more of like what man said versus what God says. And then the uh, Martin Luther wrote the 99 Theses that basically disagreed with, you know, basically where the Catholics had evolved to. Kind of like one of those things where somebody starts a business or starts a nonprofit for the right reasons, and then greed enters, money enters, and then it just expands into one big ball of shit and then basically have somebody that all of a sudden boom gets back to the grassroots right and then uh lays everything out and then starts over again and that's why you get from catholics to lutherans then lutherans became the same way and then all of a sudden you get from lutherans you got methodists baptists presbyterians you know everybody's got a denomination that is you know everything is similar basically but they've kind of all focused on their own areas so here, here's one of my issues, right? Like every one of those denominations yeah. thinks that they are right. Just like every single is oh. every single Islamic follower thinks they are right. Every single Hindu thinks they are right. Well, the the denominations all fundamentally believe in the same thing. The only thing they disagree with, like the Assembly of God churches that you see, they believe in the Acts, the New Testament, where, you know, Everything is very Holy Spirit filled. So if you're saved, then you're going to start speaking in tongues. So they're focused on like one portion of the scripture, right? And then the Baptists are concerned about, well, everybody's got to be baptized, you know, and, and this is how you're specifically supposed to be baptized. And boom, they focus on that. And that's how it's been. You know, the Methodists have been, Methodists, I mean, pretty, their core group is pretty good, but they're, the churches have split. And what's crazy about it is, you know, when we touch on our podcast a little later, I'm going to talk about these churches splitting and tell you what's kind of happening there. Um, and Presbyterians are kind of the same way. They have their own little niche. And then and now they've gone from all these set denominations that have been around for like 100 years. And now you see these community churches or these uh, non-denominational churches all popped up because they're like, hey, we don't want any of that side crap and, you know, argue about baptism, all this. We just this is the Bible. This is it. We're starting over. So that's, you know, like the churches in the area, but they've got their own, you know, once they get so big, then all of a sudden it becomes a production. Right. And I can say this about a local church that I just left. It's, they got so big when they started, they were awesome, but then they got big and now it's all about Sunday production. Oh, how much can we expand the building? We need another $7 million. And now we're doing a, you know, a drive for, to cover $5 million. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's greed. Or so we talked about before too, once an organization gets beyond X size, things start to fall apart. Well, and we got to, so we got to learn about the different versions of the Bible. So the King James version is from like 1600, which is like all all the thou arts and these arts. And, yeah. And so that's the, he, he, Apparently don't read that one because it's impossible to understand. And then there's the new international version. But in 2011, they redid the new international version to get rid of kind of the sexist biases inside the inside the stories. 
So they changed a lot of he's and him's to they's to try to get. And this isn't like a pronoun thing. This is just to try to make it more friendly. But um, from from the way that that this pastor, it's 100 percent male written, right? Like just the culture back then. It is the culture back then. Yes. Um, And so the, the way that the pastor explained it is like. We didn't switch away from that one because of what they did. We switched away from it because when you start adding a lot of they's and them's, it really makes it hard to understand. Yeah. So then all of this congregation actually have a bunch of biblical scholars and guys that can translate um, Hebrew and um, Greek, and they actually made their own version. And so that's what yeah. we got, which is great, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the English standard version is just as good as the ESV. My kid reads the NIV. I particularly read the NIV or on my um, U version, the Bible app. I'll read the King James, the ESV or the NIV. I mean, it's you can pick what you want. I mean, I, I used to get in a lot deeper study where I have a, what's called a strong concordance. So if I'm reading the New Testament and I am looking at a word, uh, let's say the verse that everybody knows from uh, football games, whenever you have a field goal, all of a sudden you see John three sixteen pop up, right? It's the for God so love the world that whosoever believes in him uh, must not perish. And um, uh, I got a Joe Biden moment there. God so love the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So believe, if you look that up in the Greek word, means so much more than believe because the American version of believe is just, I can walk out and tell you, yeah, hey, I believe the sky is purple. Or you can believe that, you know, whatever, uh, that eating cockroaches are tasty. Well, believe in the Bible means to entrust oneself to. So when that verse talks about believes means you're entrusting yourself. You're handing your life over to God. And that's what John 3.16 is about. So if you read that in accordance with, you know, I got this big strong concordance. If you ever want to borrow it, it's one of these big honking, you know gold bound books um that's you know that's kind of how i learned it because you know i want to get into it you know hey if i'm going to believe in this then i i need to understand it if i'm you know going to believe in it or not it's doing some critical thinking so mm-hmm. so yeah i have some issues i have some issues with it all but it's <laughs> you're only, my you're only a week or two in it's my it's my it's my learning new things like we talked about my my squared away <laughs> information oh. I'm, I'm building my mental i'm working on my mental see mental and you're getting some spiritual i did get yelled at by my wife when we left why because apparently my questioning is combative <laughs> so i was asking combative questions she's like it's not necessarily the questions that you're asking but the way that you ask them are kind of combative you can't ask it like you're you know trying like to i'm know. trying to prove them wrong yes you're not not an interrogation so yeah, maybe I, I'll work on that. I'll work, oh. on, I'll work on questioning from questions' sake. So, <laughs> speaking of preaching from pulpits, how about this? Uh, how about this rhetoric? The red, red light, marine yeah. lined rhetoric speech from uh, from from Big Joe, Big Daddy Joe. I don't know, man. Half the population is uh, they're they're a threat. So. I think that's the message he really wanted to lay. But then again, 24 hours later, he couldn't remember he said that. So what was the purpose? I mean, so I, I do I do wonder 
right? Like, he, I think he thinks that he's popular. I think he does. The way that he answered that reporter in that when he was questioning about his numbers, I think they feed him. I think yeah, they feed him that, bullshit. That's the key right there is I think his advisors are just feeding him right now. Yeah. And he just gets out of the closet, doesn't know where he is. Yeah. And he just thinks, oh, I must be doing really good. I was listening to, and, and I'm sure a lot of the people that listen to this podcast, I know, listen to Rogan, but mm-hmm. I'm not as old as a lot of the older people that remember Joe from Joe's earlier government careers before Biden. Right. Yeah. Like Joe was completely full of shit. Joe was a liar. He's always been that way. Like yeah. a liar. Like Rogan said that they had a Joe Biden night at their comedy club where each person would do somebody else's act and see how good it was because he like openly fucking plagiarizes people. Oh, yeah. Or he just makes a complete just wild fabricated stories up. Yeah. And then gets in front of the uh, podium and says it, which is just blows everybody away. But I think there comes a point where you're such a compulsive liar, right? That you just do it. And I don't think he realizes he does it. No, I'm sure not. If you've been doing it for that long. Yeah. Like you really think that all your shit is you're, you think yeah. you're serious or you think that you oh. know better. Right. Like, I think that that's probably what it is. I yeah. think that it's like a it's like a dad telling a kid. Right. Like, I really have always tried to take very honest parenting with my kids. You know, like I try to tell them my fuck ups and I try to tell them stuff like that. But there's a lot of parents that don't. There's a lot of parents that will look at a kid and tell them not to do something that the parent knows exactly that they would have done it. Right. And I think that's where he is. I think he thinks he's. he's yeah. Mix that with a professional politician. I mean, that's just what they do. So. I tell you, man. Hey, speaking of, uh, you know, Mr. Woke, I did do kind of what you did. You're going to a Bible study. I uh, applied for, let's see, the school was sending out a, they're trying to form a cabinet in our city of the, uh, this is a freaking library. Um, the D-S-E-I-C-C. Tell me what the D-S-E-I-C-C. I'm guessing it has something to do with minorities. Ooh, how'd you guess? Um, Because you like to play the Asian card whenever you can. You got to play that yellow card. I do. Trying to find it. It's like the diversity, blah, 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 blah. It was sent out by the, oh yeah, the Department of Systemic Equity and Inclusion. Whatever cabinet, city cabinet. Hold on. Do it, say it again. I want to break it All down. Right. The Department of Systemic Equity and Inclusion City Cabinet. Systemic Equity and Inclusion. So equal inclusion throughout the system of throughout the school system. Kind First of. of all, that's just that's just inaccurate. That's just not going to happen. Well, it's all based on systemic inequities that are caused by white people. But, but right, like <laughs> thinking that you're going to get an equal participation amongst races or sexes in certain things is just bullshit. You're going to have boys who sign up a lot more boys who sign up for things than girls. You're going to have a lot more um, different ethnicities that sign up for things than other ethnicities, right? Like. I, I, you're going to have a lot more black kids signing up for basketball and a lot more nerdy white kids signing up for chess club. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have some white kids signing up for basketball. But what you're talking about is reality. It's reality. Yeah. You can't talk about reality. 
We live in Halloween 365 a year. You're the one who introduced me to this stuff. Now it's okay for people to pretend there's something else, right? So, so I had to fill out the application. No, it's okay for everyone else other than middle-aged white males. Oh, okay. We'll leave them out. God, I had this. I don't remember what comedian it was, and he had this great fucking bit. And if you guys know who this was, like, send it to me, and I'll put his name in the podcast notes because it's really good. And he goes, Segura, he goes, it? no, it wasn't oh. Segura. No, it was, it was a, it was a smaller guy that I didn't know who it was. And he's up on stage and he's like, he's like, I had this woman yelling at me the other day about, about how easy middle-aged white men have it. And she's like, name something middle-aged white men can't have. And he's like, an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. I was like, that was good. Whew. That was good. Man. Well, uh, you know. I'm looking at the agenda as uh, this is all based on historically marginalized population. And, and so that's not, that's not inaccurate. It has historically certain populations have been, but it's, it's never necessarily been a specific race thing. It's been an, it's been an income level. It's been a, 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 a prosperity thing that had right. Like we know red zone laws are a thing. We know that, you know, low income housing has been kept in in groups of blocks throughout history we know that these are things but people have gotten out of them so 100% but i think that what would do so much better would be focusing on getting positive beneficial role models in in front of these kids right like but it starts in that community. Yes. Oh, That's yeah. Hundred percent. Start instead of just introducing them to the idea that they can that they can be. You know, whatever that can be is just just getting it in their head that they can be. Yeah. But you know, I can definitely tell what this is. Uh, you know, this group. So I signed up for it, and the first thing they ask me is what my pronoun is. I don't have any pronouns. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm gonna wait for that to come back. So I put the application in because you know what they're asking. I'm like, well, what the hell? I'm a minority, right? And I apply and then they send me the, uh, uh, the agenda or the priorities, they call it. I'm looking at the priorities. I'm like, okay, so this ties into the Dane County Equity Consortium. And you have to attend those meetings. But everything is based around the attendance and participation of the African-American Parent Network. So I thought this was diversity inclusion guys i don't see anything about asians and indians and oh my god indian parents i sell to some indian families and they're they're amazing people they're amazing family but indian mothers i are absolutely outlandish i saw the one woman and she she her kid is going to college like within two weeks right like this was he was out of high school he is it was end of summer and he was leaving for college within two weeks. And she's like asking me what she should do about him wanting to skateboard late at night. Like she wanted my opinion on what she should do. I'm like, hon, you need to let go. Like you are going, he is leaving your house. He will be on his own to do what he wants when he wants for the next nine months. Different culture, man. Whenever he wants. And she was like, she could not get it. I was like, spend the next two weeks just connecting with them it's a different culture though it's totally different culture between the indians albanians and whatnot they a lot of times they like their kids to live in the same house 
long as I can, you know, same business, same everything, just passed on from one to another. So let me add on to this, uh, you know, priority number two is focus on the celebration of black excellence through Black History Month, black student unions and beyond. The reason I say that is because I signed up for this diversity and inclusion thing. I thought there was diversity and inclusion. Everything I'm reading within the priorities is uh, looks like more of a coming from an Asian here. Uh, I'm looking at this as this seems more like a uh, black loaded agenda here. Which I'm sorry, I look over there and you can't say much, can you? It's just it's tough, right? Because I think that I think that the 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 squeaky wheel gets the grease, and and the African American community it right now is the squeaky wheel that's looking to get the grease. Are they? I, I or think is it so. Just a bunch of middle-aged white women uh, claiming that you know blacks are. Uh, do they do they want help? That I don't know. That I I guess I'm not deep enough into that community to know if they even want help. I have no idea. Um, but I know that there's not a bunch of you know Asians talking about how they're being discriminated against. There's not a bunch of I'm gonna start Indians I'm talking gonna about how being there being discriminated against you know it's just not well i'm going to go into this meeting kind of like you're going into bible study asking you know being combative combative questions. combatively questioning i'm going to ask some combative questions about hey i don't see anything for us asians in here i thought this is about diversity man. you're gonna get kicked out the first week i at least made it through the first week i didn't light on fire hey they can't kick me out man they'd be racist no it doesn't matter it doesn't matter oh. well, racism only racism only punches down yeah, punching down. So dude. there's a, no, you're not punching down. It's it's a it's a hierarchy, and, and racism can only punch down. I, this is not me. This is I've heard this explained before, and it's bullshit. But I'm telling I don't you, understand the punch down, man. Uh, so like, you can't be racist against me because white people are above Asians. Apparently, I'm not saying this, but this is the punching down. I can't be racist against a white guy. Nope. What about all my white jokes? No, 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 you. What? No, it's not racist. You're good. You, oh. You're complete. It's completely okay. Oh, okay. It's completely I see okay. What you mean? You know what I mean? Like, like it's, you can, you can be. I'm just saying, like, it's totally approved of. All right, then I can still call you a white cracker ass. Well, I mean, can we talk about the word cracker? Like how not, how not awful that is to call somebody a cracker? Like. Do we want to talk about like where that word came from? I don't know. I just keep thinking of a saltine. Cracker. Do you not know where that word came from? I don't know where it came from. Other the saltine cracker because they were the guys that were cracking the whips on the slave plantations for people that weren't working fast enough. No, oh, the okay. cracker, not derogatory <laughs> at all. I have no clue, man. I'm gonna think of something else a little more derogatory. Yes, Jeez, I thought it was just a freaking saltine cracker. Are you, are you gonna get? Are you gonna pick on me about my credit score? Where do we want to go with this? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I don't know where you want to fucking go. There's, I don't know what there is to do here. I don't know. Find some kind of white food. So anyway, so yeah, I'm gonna sign up for that. I'll keep you guys posted how uh, all the happy horse shit that happens from that. That'll be fun. I'm gonna ask questions. Is that you or me? I don't even know. Well, that's me. Okay, we're good. You're gonna ask questions. That's good. Yeah. I. I I think that it'll be a learning experience. Yep. Just like you. Yep. I want to learn more. That's good. That's good. I, I'm glad that you're going into it wanting to learn more, not going into it just thinking about combative questions to ask. 
Yeah, I'll be learning more. But also asking combative questions. I want to participate in the community. I want to give back. Speaking of that, I do want to give kudos to one of our listeners. One of our listeners lives right down the road from me and has a daughter that's a year younger than my son. And she's always comes and rings the doorbell asking for my son to play. I shouldn't say always, but when she's bored, she comes by the last couple of nights she has. And I got the uh, camera system, mm-hmm. my thing. And it's just the absolute key to saying, I mean, this, this gal is very, I have to give kudos to the parenting. Because super well-mannered gal, um, excellent, articulate for, you know, a little fourth grader. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it always comes knocking on the door, knocks on it, and steps off the stoop and waits. And one of us comes to the door, wave at the <laughs> wave at us, wave at the dog, ask for my son, and just, you know, we'll have a little conversation with me. <laughs> it's a little tiny kid. And very polite. If there's like mail or a package there, we'll pick it up and give it to me. So. Aww. So kudos to those parents. And I know the, the dad listens to the podcast and uh, kudos. Your, your daughter is very well, well behaved. Good. Okay. Are you ready for this? I think so. This week's podcast. We have, we have an <laughs> announcement to make. Running for presidency? Don't ruin it. Oh, sorry. Holy cow. Cue up the music. Squared Away podcast is running for presidential election for 2024. Damn. And this podcast is going to be setting up our ticket and what we're going to run on. Awesome. You like that? I I had to get on YouTube and find that. Luckily, it was the right one. I'm going to dick up this whole podcast because we're just going to run on the Asian ticket. Because the other dude screwed up the last one. There was an Asian dude? Yeah, the Democratic primaries last year. Uh, what's his name? I don't Long remember. Dick Dong? I don't know. Did you just say Ding Dong? Long Dick Dong, man. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, what we wanted... I have to look up his name so I don't... Yeah, yeah, so you don't sound like um, a... You're racist, son of a bitch. Yeah, you are. You're an Asian racist. You're an Uncle Tom. You're an Uncle Chang. <laughs> That's the Asian Uncle Tom. Um, I really did the change. So what, what, what our idea, what our idea was for this podcast would be like, what, what can be done? What are the major issues today? What are our opinions on what should be done? How to go about fixing the things that we have going wrong and kind of just opening up the conversation for what everybody is really concerned about. Right. Because like, If you only listen to the news, you would think that abortion is the only thing that Democrats are concerned about and getting Biden out and the Second Amendment is the only thing Republicans are concerned about. Like you you really like that's the only thing you talk about. You know, I've seen the thing today, like new Democratic voters flocking to sign up for to vote in Texas because of abortion. Right. Like and it is going to draw some people out of the out of the woodwork. But. There's so much more. There's so much more that we could be talking about. There's so much more is so many more issues that we have that basically are too hard to fix that we just ignore them. Right? Yeah. You got your long dick dong here? It's Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang. He was the in the primary lost out. He's a moderate, kind of moderate, slightly progressive guy. What do you think about Tulsa Gabbard? 
I like her. I may not agree with everything, but she's articulate, well thought out, and uh, is on the right track. Doesn't agree with the, you know, lobbying. and Yeah. She, she's got, she doesn't want our military involved in any other conflicts, right? Like she's very much a state. What, 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 do you, what would you call that? Kind of a, I don't know, stateside domestic uh, yeah. security. Yeah. Um, I don't and know. I get, like I get the idea in that too. I really do. Yeah. Because like our military has been used to, you know, so many weird conflicts that, uh, yeah. Who knows what the real reason that we were there, right? Like, oh, there's yeah. so many questionable things that have been done. So I understand what she's saying, but there's also like the fact that there are bad people, yeah, in the world. And while China is going to end up being more powerful than us one day, they're not going to give a shit. Yeah, sometimes you gotta, you know, pull up the walls and protect yourself. But the thing about Tulsi is that she's, uh, you know, you're able to sit across from a table from her. If you disagree with her, she'll sit down and talk to you. And on top of that, she's a killer surfer too. So I know, right? The surfer girl goes right to your heart. I know. She just stabs right through that that armor yep. that you got on there. <laughs> it's the you know she's from Hawaii, kind of that. I don't know the aura, the island aura. Yeah. But the Democrats had somebody there. I mean, she was in the primary. She completely nuked um, dipshit Vice President Kamala, and. Super articulate. She's a minority. Was she Indian mix or Indian? Yeah, but she doesn't play ball. Yeah, she doesn't uh, fit into the extreme left narrative. Yep. But she's the type of person that could bridge, you know, both parties. Yeah, 100%. She would be great on an independent ticket. Yeah. But anybody that falls on an independent ticket, pretty much that's in my list. That's in my list of something to fix somewhere here, I think. We'll get into that. So. So anyway, yeah, what do you, I mean, what do you think of Tulsi? Because aren't you, uh, I like, I like her. I, I think that there's something to say for that whole not involving us in every single conflict in the world idea. But I also, I also have a, a contradictory feeling inside of me that we are, we do have a responsibility to make sure that people throughout the world are not being taken advantage of by shit dictators. Yeah. You know, and I think maybe there's a fine balance between those two, right? Like that's a key right there is maybe the fine balance. Maybe it's a lot more scalpel, right? A lot less bombs, a lot, a lot more scalpeling. It's possible, but it's just, uh, you have to take the, the money aspect out of it. So a lot of these politicians, if there wasn't self-gain or these parties have self-gain, then you wouldn't see a whole lot of different strategy going after these foreign countries. Yeah. And I, that's one of the biggest things that we need to figure out. And that's, you know, on the list is we have a money problem from a thousand different angles in government, right? Yeah. Like. The campaign finance reform. Should super PACs be able to spend unlimited amounts of money running negative ads against people? <coughs> negative. They shouldn't. You should have to, everybody should, you know, federally funded campaigns, and that's the only thing that can be spent is the hundred grand you get or the $2 million that you get or whatever. Yeah, like salary cap. Yeah. 
So make it competitive if uh, it's going to be this game. So there's a way to fix that one tiny angle of the financial problem. Another financial problem is the lobbying. Right? What I got in mind is uh, I would just do away with it completely. I agree, but I also have this, I have this tendency when a rule is too extreme, it's going to get worked around. We have that issue in my house. My wife will be like, you know, absolutely no iPad for the next two weeks. And I'm like, she's just going to take it when you're not looking like you, you have to make these right. Like, oh, that, that one's not a good example. Here's a good example. My daughter was 17. She had done something and she was grounded. Well, she had a boyfriend. So she was grounded and couldn't see him. And then my wife's like, no, absolutely no seeing him for the next two weeks. No going out, no doing anything. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But I knew inside she was going to figure out a way around it. And all of a sudden she starts taking the dog on long walks. And I drove around the corner. Sure enough, boyfriend's at the park with her, with the dog. Right? Like when a rule is too extreme, it's not going to get followed. I don't know. I think in this case, it's kind of like um, it's one of those rules that you're going to get probably a 90% compliant, which means you can police the other 10%. Yeah. So, you know, if you eliminate lobbying, I mean, look at pharma. Pharma is what? 75% of the marketing that is is pushed through the uh, television. Well, so we're, we're one of only two countries in the world where pharmaceutical companies can advertise to the public. And the only other one is New Zealand and it's heavily, heavily regulated. So yeah. realistically, we're the only country in the world where pharmaceutical companies can, can advertise directly yeah. to the consumer. And they're not just advertising. I mean, they're pumping a ton of money back to the government. I mean, yes. And so here's where, here's what I see when you turn off lobbying. Here's what I see is these politicians really only know a small amount about a small amount of things. They need specialists and they bring in specialists. You're just going to get specialists that are paid by the big companies right. to skew information their way. Right. So like there, that would be a big issue that would need to be worked around is yeah. how do you, how do you keep that from being a thing that's happening? There's, right. I think there's a, you know, there's plenty of consultants that are out there or, you know, study consultants that, even in every industry that I've been in, even the new industry now, there's, you know, neutral consultants that are out there that, you know, you can get data from who write the industry rags. So these are the people that should be approached, not, you know, Pfizer sends their. Oh, yeah. Advisor. No, they will be going for those people, but Pfizer will just be paying off those people. Well, you got to mitigate it somehow. Agreed. So it starts there. Agreed. Um, the amount of money that these especially Congress is making on their sides, right? Whether it's their investments or, uh, you know, Pelosi randomly taking her son with who works for what an oil or natural gas company or something. And she takes him to, to, uh, Taiwan, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's has nothing to do with that. I mean, she wanted to take her husband, but well, I mean, this was in a little bit of a hot water. This This is something where guess what? If you're serving, this goes, this ties right into, I mean, one of my points where there should be uh, term limits. So if you're in Congress, you get two terms. 
And within those two terms, guess what? You can't trade. There's so it's so simple around that though. Your husband can trade, your son can trade. No, your family can't trade. Okay. Direct family cannot trade. Okay. That's a big difference. Because, you know, then you get rid of the Hunter Biden syndrome. You get rid of the all these senators and and representatives that basically have all their kids and give them all these jobs, all that boom, wipe that out. That's a big that's a big change. So and they'll they'll make them want to come out of the you that know, would all of a terms. sudden that would all of a sudden make a very, very it would make it a very big um commitment because it's not just you committing to these two terms, it's your family committing to not doing anything, yeah. not trading during these two terms. And you're still gonna have slime balls that figure out ways around it, you know, fucking yeah. cousin cousin Eddie or whatever. But that would be a that would be a a, a move to make. Yeah, and guess what? Then you can use the FBI to actually investigate something that, you know, is worth investigating. What about huge consulting contracts after you get out? Huge consulting contracts? How do you deal with that? Because that's a big thing. All of a sudden you're out, you're retired, and now all the, you work for all these companies that you happen to help make billions of dollars, and you're getting a check for $600,000 every year you know working in an office that you've never even been in yeah well there is a right to work exactly so like that's a tough one but i think that i don't know that's a hard one it's like you know when the uh, clintons got out all of a sudden they're charging uh outrageous uh rates to you know go speak somewhere but guess what if somebody's willing to pay that you can't really stop that well and 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 so here I know how business works. I've been in business for a long time. How much of that money is somebody actually willing to pay that because they want to hear what they're talking or how much of that was agreed to prior that we're going to have, we're going to come and we're going to do some speeches and they're going to cost you a few hundred thousand dollars a piece and you're going to pay it. Who gives a fuck what's in the speeches, but that's how we're getting our payback. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's a tough one to work around. Yeah. I mean, I think you're doing a lot of good with just starting with the term limits. But policing it outside of there, I mean, term limits, not able to invest or trade while you're in office will help that. But I said, I don't know. So a lot of people don't know, but um, after, was it, uh, what was the independent that ran that ruined the election for the Republicans? Was it uh, what was his name? The old guy, yeah, the old guy with all the money, whatever his name was, with all the money. What was his name? Oh, skinny old guy, yeah, like this, yeah, can't remember. I can't remember what his name was either, anyways. So, after he basically Ross Perot, yes, Ross Perot. So, after Ross Perot ran as an independent and really threw the whole election upside down because no, he didn't get anywhere close to 50% of the votes, but he got enough of the votes to change the outcome of the election. doesn't take much. After that happened, the Republicans and the Democrats got together to got together and made the committee for presidential debate. And the committee for presidential debate just happens to be made up exactly of half Republicans and exactly of half Democrats. And this committee decides Everything about the debate process. 
So if you are an independent, there's absolutely no way that you are going to get basically far enough into the election to ever to ever make it. Right. You're never going to get in any of the debates. You're never, you know, it's hard to even get on the ticket as an independent. Yeah. So they changed everything. So my my thought here is we have a randomized lottery every year or every four years, right? And the lottery picks only of individuals that are current on their taxes, make a minimum income, and have voted in multiple previous elections and must be 30 years old. So that's the that's the t- that's the pool that this lottery picks from. And then out of this lottery, it randomly picks 10 people or 20 people. And that is the committee for presidential debate. They get paid a salary for whatever it is, you know, Hmm. that way there is, there's no way that it is, that it's fixed. Yeah. So they got to have like a, it's like a wonder or something. Right. So all of this comes back to my, my, my BS detecting AI. Which you just serve that up every week, huh? So <laughs> I am I'm deeper into this and I think that we could do it now. Are you building it or what? I yeah, I'm not gonna build it. I'm fucking I I can't even I'm I text you the other day. I the link for the freaking iTunes wasn't even working on the fucking website to get people to, to the podcast. <laughs> there was there was no link there. I don't know where the oh. link went, if it got deleted or I'm just a dumbass that never loaded the link. You know, I've I've probably sent that link to 500 people yeah. and out of that 500 people statistically 250 of them have iPhones minimum yeah. and 250 of them not a single person was like hey that link doesn't work yeah maybe WP is uh, sometimes you put links in there they don't pop up it's got to do it again yeah that's, we don't even want to talk about hosting my, my other business host hostgator yeah. has been down twice in the past two months for like long periods of time Jeez. Like one customer is a thousand dollars. Every customer that I get in that business is a thousand dollar customer. If I miss wow. one customer, that costs me a grand. Really? And Jeez. it's down for like the last time it was down like all all, all the way overnight. I don't like know, two man. in the afternoon. I always use a web hosting hub. Yeah, well, I might be changing it now, but I gotta figure out how to do it. Anyways, Damn. sidetrack squirrel. Squirrel. All right. Um how about a no lifetime benefits for Congress? Period. Why would why is that even a thing? Why would you get lifetime benefits for Congress? Because they vote their own fucking rules. This is my argument against public unions, against yeah. public service unions. Yeah. Basically, that's what it is. Private unions make sense. Public unions, you're literally voting for the people that are making your fucking union contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're not even using that money for that. Why do you think these unions keep consolidating and consolidating? So I was part of a union years ago and basically it could not sustain itself, even though it was taking every paycheck, it was taking a ton of money from each of the, each of the members. Cause if you wanted to work at this company, you had to work in the union. Well, it, it's, it's the same problem, right? Like it's the same problem that so many businesses have. It's the reason that our college degrees now cost 40 grand Yeah, is because these these organizations are so top heavy. Yeah. You've got people at the top making obscene amounts of money. When you look at what union bosses make, yeah, it is an obs- substantial amount of money. For as little to nothing as they do. One of and this, you know, this is the the college argument and the union argument they're they're just kind of the same argument because any organization that get, that gets too top heavy 
where the people at the top are making so much more than the people at the bottom. It's just an it's 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 a it's an investment problem. You're not investing in the people that are doing the fucking business. Right. But colleges, the amount of money that it costs to get a college degree has gone up like 400 percent in the last 30 years or some substantial amount of money. The amount of teachers per student has stayed the same. And the amount that the teachers make has gone up with the cost of living. Where all of that money has gone is to administrators. The administrators to students is like 800% has gone up. And the amount of money that they make has gone up that much. Yeah. As my dad would say, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. So, I don't know. I know some people are like diehard, uh, you know, union people, but I mean, I've worked in them and I like anything, right? There's good unions and there's bad unions. A hundred percent. My only real problem is with public unions, but yeah, if you're, if you're a contractor, I think unions are great because it provides some structure, provides some benefits, you know, uh, provides some business uh, backing that you wouldn't have as an independent guy driving a truck and going from here to there doing work. Unions Um, are likely what took down the American auto industry. Oh, yeah. That's why I have a hard time buying a GM or even, you know, well, Ford, I forgave. So this is the only Ford that I have. Ford owned. forgave because they had a Raptor. Well, no, because they, they That's didn't, why they didn't forgave take them. the Obama bailouts. So Chrysler and Chevy took out of these massive you know, bailouts and basically it just boom, <laughs> went to their, you know, their executives and then went, didn't help anything. So when you're paying for a brand new vehicle, you know that. There's a huge chunk of that's paying for all these retired union employees. So we we have a we have a uh, an acquaintance at the gym who who went from a Land Cruiser, right, like the most bulletproof vehicle ever, yeah, to a new Denali. Had sixteen thousand miles on his new Denali, and it dropped a valve. Maybe maybe Ooh. it was thirty twenty thousand miles, whatever it was. It was like still within warranty. Yeah, and he's like, I don't want that truck back. I'll pay the difference. Give me the next year. So they, he did that. They gave him the next year. He paid, you know, $8,000 difference, 32,000 miles and uh camshaft rounded off. Really? Yeah. He's Jeez. like, never again. Never. He's on the list for one of the new, uh, the new Sequoias, which are gorgeous. Those new, oh, those new, new I haven't seen you haven't looked them up. Oh my God. There, the new Toyota Sequoias are absolutely oh. gorgeous. Going from truck to big SUV, huh? No, no, no Denali truck, Denali SUV, the Yukon Denali. Oh, I thought you said, oh, you kind of know, that's that's Sierra Denali. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, so I would really like to see this. I don't think that popular vote for every single thing that the government votes for is needed or useful or pliable. I don't think it would ever work. Right. Like just over, that? just overall popular vote. So everything that the government votes for to enact or, or unenact or, uh, to put bills through, right? Like we have the type of infrastructure where we could all vote on those every day. Oh, I, popular I see vote. what you're talking about. You see what I mean? Popular vote. <clears throat> but you don't want to do. Okay. So the, the, so what you're saying is that the government shouldn't, if there's legislation, we have a technology now where it doesn't depend on the house and the Senate. Yeah. I'm saying that we could, it vote. could, everything could re- re- the realistically be could the population vote. voting. Yes. I don't think that that's the right way to go. What I do think 
would be in between where we are now and where that is, is if we built a Reddit style vote up, vote down um, site where you had to log in with your social security number, right? You had to build your own login around a social security number, just the way Facebook, right? Like you can't, there are some old Facebook fake profiles, but it's really fucking hard to start a fake mm-hmm. Facebook profile now. Like if Facebook yeah. can do it, we can do it, right? So make sure you're a citizen. So security number. And then we have this kind of Reddit style federal website where we can vote up and vote down the way to solve national problems. We can vote up and vote down ideas that the that the government is floating. Right. Like um, if Congress is thinking about sending another fifty billion dollars to Ukraine. Like it's going to be very clear in that vote up, vote down method. If you guys don't use Reddit, it, it it's kind of a fucking swamp because it's free and because there's a lot of trolls um, and because it's it's anonymous. Any sort of anonymous thing is you're going to be you're going to be trolled. Right. But with this, like it is tied to you as a citizen. So you would get rid of the trolling issue. But it's a very useful system because every comment can be voted up and voted down. And so the cream rises to the top. That's the best part about that sort of system. And we would see that very quickly Hmm. on this federal database or this federal website. Now, you're going to have a little bit of an issue with it's going to be used a lot more by younger kids than it is older people. Right. But you're not you're not going to enact laws from this. We're going to have 300 million. So let's say 50 percent, 50 percent is probably even a stretch. Let's say 30% of the people use it. You're going to have 100 million people thinking about creative solutions to problems. Yeah. Instead of 50 or 200, right? So that's going to be a huge benefit there. And just to see the cream that rises to the top of these creative solutions, then that can be taken and built better and designed better into some actual structure and some ideas that can be implemented and things like that right yeah i mean i think that definitely can be done obviously just like the mail-in ballots i mean that could be tainted but tied to a social security number though it's gonna be tough to taint unless you're dead start taking dead people yeah but that's gonna be very i mean with ai (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they should be able to figure that With out. AI, right? they should easily be able to calculate that quickly. Oh, we got away from my fucking thing. No, I'm not building this, but this would be really, really important if somebody was building this. So the problem with massive amounts of data, right? We talked about in the AI podcast is that it's it's impossible for humans to sift through. But right. as we get supercomputers and we get AI, It can sift through massive amounts of data because it doesn't have working hours and it can do a million computations per second, whereas we can do like two. Yeah. Right. So. If we could build a database of fMRI scans. With people telling the truth, people being dishonest, people that are people that are, are, are narcissists, people that are psychopaths. People just build this huge database of functional MRI, which we have a lot of this. Now, it would be tough. We would have to start over again on how we're how we are um, 
tagging each of the uh, each of the fMRIs, right? Like right now they're more medical used, but we have people in insane asylums all over the United States who are clearly narcissistic, clearly sociopathic, right? Mm-hmm. Clearly psychopathic. And when we can start to it could build a profile of people that are completely full of shit. And then once that profile is built, it can give you a full of shit score on Mr. Biden talking in a debate when it does an fMRI on him saying that he wants to vote for this or doesn't want to do this. It, it can easily give you a full of shit score. <laughs> True. Right. True. Conceptually, yeah. Conceptually, yeah. it would be a lot of it would be a lot of coding. It would be a lot of work, right? Like I'm, I'm not the person to put this into place, but right, I've always been an idea person, not necessarily a, a putting it into action. Yeah, I mean, even uh, cross referencing social security numbers would be a pretty easy computation. So, yeah. all right, we'll give you that. Okay, I, mean, I like that idea. Where are we at? We kind of jumped down to government operations. Um, we skipped over a lot of other issues that yeah, we have. I got a lot of stuff in government operations. Do you? Yeah. Let's get yeah, let's let's get through the government operations and then we'll we'll dig deep. This is clearly going to be a two part podcast because we're at fifty eight minutes. So, um, I think right here I'll probably let's let's pause at fifty eight thirty, and uh, you guys come back. We'll release the second part of this next week. Um, thank you for listening and come back for. I guess the rest of our podcast because we've gotten one section half done. Yeah. Can you play the music on the second one? Oh, of course I'll play the music on the second one. All right.